Good morning. Hope you're having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. My name is Eddie D, and you are watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And certainly grateful for each and every one of you for taking the opportunity to worship with us this morning uh, through the True Gospel Morning Show. Uh, we hope that this is... Um, edifying for the soul we hope that you are having a fantastic um start to your day and week um and hope that you are you know that you benefit from you know this show and benefit from the things that we're going to be getting into on today um if you have any questions comments or concerns feel free to drop down in the comment box below and hit us up uh with any questions or comments that you may have um uh, just we just ask that you just remember to keep it classy down in the comment box uh, but we are certainly thankful for each and every one of you and thankful for your viewership, thankful for your love, thankful for your kindness, um, and thankful for your um, participation in our show on this morning. I'm going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump into John chapter 15 to talk about the pruning process. Uh, so again, we um, coming out of John chapter 15 on this morning. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're thankful, Lord God, that you thought it not robbery to give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and rose again for our sins, um, credited his righteousness to us that we may be called the children of God upon repentance and belief. Lord God, we thank you for transferring the heart of stone um, in, in transforming it into a heart of flesh that we may grow to love you, to serve you, to honor you, to bless you, to delight in you. Uh, Lord God, we're thankful that you have um, transformed us and imparted to us your spirit, um, that the Holy Spirit lives, rules, rests, and abides in us um, and reminds us of all truth, guides us in all truth, leads us in all truth, empowers us to live out the truth. That you, have, that you have placed inside of every last one of us. We're asking on this day, God, that you just continue to strengthen us where we are weakened, to build us up where we are torn down, uh, to help us to, uh, to just love you more each and every day. Help us to endure the trials and the tribulations that have come our way to, um, to empower our spirit, man, to strengthen us and to mold us and shape us into your image from one degree of glory to the next. Lord God, we are so thankful for all the blessing that you have bestowed upon us, Lord. And we're thankful that you give us this, this opportunity and chance just to, to honor you and to bless you more and more each day. Every person that's coming on this live on today, Lord God, we ask that you just give them a heart to hear you, um, a heart to love you, a heart to bless you, a heart to honor you. Um, those who don't believe, Lord God, we're asking that you give them an ear um, to hear what we have to say. Um, Lord God, and to give us an opportunity to make the case for you, Lord God, and um, and in doing so that they their hearts may be stirred to wonder and curiosity about you. Um, we're just grateful that you give us this platform. We're grateful for TikTok. We're grateful for um, all the platforms. We're grateful for Spotify, grateful for Apple Podcasts, for allowing us to be able to spread your gospel message to those who will hear and to those who um, who will, who are inclined to listen. We're thankful, and we give your name all praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> awesome, awesome. Thank you guys so much for, again, for giving us this opportunity to be able to worship you guys, to worship um, God on today with you guys. And we hope and pray that you are able to get something out of this on this morning. All right, we're going to be in John chapter 15 on today. Um, and um, 
uh, Core Drizzle Gaming. Um, I would definitely answer. I would love to answer that question um, later on today. I'm gonna jot it down um, really quickly so that I don't forget. But you'll have to stay on the um, on the channel long enough for me to get to it. Um, so let me write that question down. Q Community. All right. So, um, again, I'll answer that question later on today. But first off, what we're going to be getting into this morning is um, what we call the pruning process. Um, coming out of John chapter 15, um, starting with verse 1 and going all the way down to verse 17. I'm going to read it for you guys today. And we're going to jump into our um, opening um, word for this morning. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made, made, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. <clears throat> Um, for many of us in the in the faith, um, our tendency, especially in the 21st century, um, talking these 20, 20s, 20s, um, our tendency is to feel as though our faith walk is to be easy. Um, we relegate the good life as to being a life of ease where we don't really do don't really go through a whole lot of stuff um we act as if once god saves us from the wrath of hell and in and, and destruction and death that our lives are just meant to be an easy street from here till we get to the till we get to the the kingdom in the new heavens and new earth and a lot of us are satisfied with that. A lot of us are satisfied with that. Um, as I talked about, as I say a lot, um, as of late, you know, there are a lot of people whose faith are so shallow. 
Like we're very shallow when it comes to our faith. We're very shallow when it comes to the things of God. We're very shallow when it comes to what it is that we are supposed to be doing, um, you know, in, in God's name. Um, we are very shallow when it comes to, you know, the fruit of the spirit that we have within us. Like our faith walk can, could not be more basic. There's nothing wrong with that. If, you, if that's the type of relationship that you want to have with God where your walk with him is super basic, then, you know, so be it. Like, not not knocking you for it at this point because I realize that everybody's faith walk is going to be different and everybody's going to enter into this faith walk with a different desire when it comes to how deep they want to get with God. Um, but for some of us, we have a desire to grow deeper in God. We have a desire to grow deeper in him. Uh, but we don't realize that growing deeper in God will sometimes require us to have to go through trials and in, in, in tribulations and hardships as God is molding and shaping us into the image of Christ from one degree of glory to the next. As it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Verse 17, now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. From this comes from the Lord, who is spirit. For many of us, our tendency is to think that being molded into the shape of into the shape and the image of Christ is simply a matter of us, you know, learning some Bible verses and looking more like him in the day to day. But as we are growing closer to be, to being more like Christ, as we are being as we're being more and more aligned into who he is, God takes us through the refiner's fire. He takes us through the pruning process. To make us more like pure gold and to help us to bear more fruit, we have to go through some painful processes. In order for us to bear more fruit and in order for us to look more like pure gold, to, to be more pure gold, more like pure gold, we have to go through a painful process. Fire burns, pruning cuts. And those things are done so that we can be more like Christ and bear more fruit of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For many of us, we don't want to go through that process. We're very content and satisfied with where we are. We don't want our idols exposed. We don't want the things that we tend to hold on to that tend to be a stumbling block when it comes to being more like Christ we don't want to let those things go. We don't want to be exposed as the uh, as, as being weak or being frail in certain areas of our lives. We'd rather push those things off to the side as and push those things to the back burner, sweep those things under the rug as if they don't exist and appear to have a, a, a relationship with Jesus Christ that makes us invincible, makes us invulnerable, makes us impervious to pain, impervious to trial, impervious to tribulation. When the, when the trials come, and when the fire comes, and when the pruning comes, 
we sometimes in our faith walk can become the very opposite of Christ-like. The very opposite of what we hear in our scriptures when it tells us to love our enemies, to pray for those who spitefully use us, to, you know, when they, when we, they, they hit one cheek, to turn the other cheek. When they ask for a cloak, we give them a tunic. When we, they ask for one mile, we give them two. We, we, we're very, very quick to, you know, love just our friends, love just our family members. We don't want to love the people that Christ told us to love. We don't want to love our enemies. We don't want to love those who hurt us. We don't want to love people who are unlike us. We don't want to love the gays, we don't want to love the lesbians, we don't want to love, you know, uh, you know, the murderers, we don't want to love the prisoners, we don't want to love the homeless, we, we want to only love people who are in our camp and in our corner and who got our backs, you know, we're so quick to want to hate our haters, you know, and, and want to push them off to the side as if, you know, as if they don't matter when it comes to being more like Christ, and we hear this permeating throughout the, um, throughout the, the churches today. How many, of our past, how many of our pastors just this weekend alone had something to say about our haters? How many pastors on just this week alone had something to say about, you know, the people that are talking about us? You know, we ain't got to worry about them because God got our back. You know, rarely do we hear somebody say, if somebody's talking about you, go, go to him and him alone and have a conversation with him about what's going on. You know, rarely do we have conversations about if your enemies are, are saying something about you, you pray for them. You pray for their success. You pray for their good, for their for their goodness. You pray for favor over their lives. You pray that God bless them because just as it does, the sun rises on the just and the unjust. God sends rain on the just and the unjust. We too should have love for those who are not aligned to what God would have to say, or even if they are aligned, those who have hurt us. But our tendency is to run away. From what God would have, what, what God would have us to endure in the pruning process, in as He's purging us and making us more like Him, that there are some idols that we will not let go of, and think that it's okay to hold on to those idols and have a relationship with Jesus too. And again, I don't have a heaven or hell to put anybody in, so I can't tell whether or not you have a walk with Him or not. I don't know if your heart's been transformed by Him or not, but the tree is known. By the fruit that it bears. And for a lot of us, our faith is so shallow. Because when the fire comes, when the trial comes, when the temptation comes, we are so quick to run back to what, 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 it's almost like the dog running back to its own vomit. We're so quick to turn back to what we used to do. Turn back to who we used to be. And still claim that Christ is doing a number on us. How many times have we heard ourselves say, God's still working on me. He's still working on you and it's five or six years deep. It's 10, 15 years deep. It's 20, 25 years deep. And you're still on the same basic level. You still haven't dealt with what happened in your childhood. You still haven't dealt with what happened in your adolescence. You still haven't dealt with what happened in your adulthood. You still haven't dealt with what sister so-and-so said to you or what brother so-and-so did to you. You're still harboring that anger. You're still harboring that hurt. You're still harboring that pain, and you and you and God's still working on me. God is saying, God tells us that if we, we allow Him to burn that stuff up, we can have such a fruit that bears from the pruning process, can be refined as pure gold in the burning process. But we're so quick we're, to hold on 
to the things that have hurt us, to the things that have crippled us, to the things that, you know, that are keeping us bound from having a deeper relationship with the Lord for a myriad of reasons. We want to have our cake and eat it too. So we want all of heaven, but we want to enjoy what we want to enjoy. And those things that we're enjoying are not lining up with what God would have us to do or how God would have us to be. So we want to claim Christ as our Lord and Savior, and yet we want to wild out on, on numerous occasions and go completely out of our minds and do things that are not pleasing in the eyes of God, but still claim Christianity. I'm not talking about people that are struggling with sin. I'm talking about people who are just an outright wanton sin. Like I want to, I want God gives me all the forgiveness, and now I'm going to cheapen the forgiveness by going and wilding out and doing what I want to do, even though I, I know He's got my feet to the fire. But I don't want to, I don't want to step in there because I don't want that smoke. How often has God come to us and said, "I'm, I'm trying to purge this out of you." I'm trying to get rid of these things that are in you that are not like you, that are not like me. I'm trying to push those things out of you, but God, but we're like, nah, nah. Let me hold on to that. Let me, let me, let me, let me keep that. That's mine. I, God, I know you said that you're a healer, but that's mine. I know you said that you're a deliverer, but that's mine. I know that you said that we can be more than conquerors through you, but that's mine. I'm, I'm gonna hold on to this. I'm gonna keep this close to the chest. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let you into this space. This space is mine, and it is in those spaces that God is saying, "I need to prune that. I need to cut that. I need to dig into that. I need to do some surgery around that because you're holding on to something that is keeping you from growing. It's keeping you." From bearing more fruit of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is in these spaces, these personal, deep, vulnerable spaces that God wants to get in. He wants to jump into those areas. He wants to look. It's like, it's, like it's like we're in a room. And it's like we're in a house. And we got all these nice, pretty rooms. We got the living room that's pretty. We got the kitchen that's pretty. The bathroom, the guest bathroom that's pretty. But then when we he goes into this this area and says, "Oh, I see a bedroom in here. Let's let's clean some of this up." He goes into the closet and like, "Oh my God, look at all the structures in here. We need to clean this up." And you're so quick to close the closet door. No, 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 no. I don't want you to see that. I want you to see that. Come back to the living room where it's pretty. Jesus is like, "Nah, bro. There's a whole closet full of filth, cobwebs, boxes, all this stuff in here that's left unpacked." We need to get in here and figure this stuff out. Throw some things out. Put things in their proper places. You got a whole bunch of stuff in here. What, what, what's hiding in this closet? Nah, Jesus, leave that alone. I'll deal with it when I feel like it. And Jesus is like, just because you said you want to deal with it when you want to deal with it, I'm not leaving until I get in there. And I'm going to stay right here at this threshold until you open this door. And every, I'm, I'm going to bust the door wide open. So you gonna let me? You gonna let me do what I do, or you gonna keep shutting me out? For a lot of us, God, the, we talk about we talk about this in, in in church circles a lot, where we're constantly marching around the mountain. Moses and the Israelite nation marched around the mountain for forty freaking years because they could not 
get their hearts in position to take the promised land. And so God basically removed all of the previous generation who had any type of doubts, who had any type of harboring of Egypt in their hearts. Still holding on to the past. Still holding on to the way things used to be. Still holding on to, I wish that we were back over there because at least we were eating plenty and we had this and we had that. Joshua and Caleb looked at the, looked at, went, went to the promise and said, dude, they got grapes the size of man's heads, man. Like, it's flowing with milk and honey. We are more than able. Let's get it. This is what God sent us here to do. Let's hop, let's, let's, let's bounce. Let's, let's, let's do this. And everybody else is plumb terrified. All the, the, the ten spies plumb terrified. Nah, we can't go in there, man. The giant's too big. And God had to purge Israel of all their hard-heartedness before they could enter into the promised land. That's what Christ is saying to us. That there is a promise that's waiting for us of peace, of joy, of 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 of, of, of patience, of kindness, of love, of of for, of, of long suffering, of, of of kindness, of 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 you know, all the fruit of the spirit that's waiting for us in ample supply. But how long are we going to march around the mountain before we can experience the fullness of joy? The joy that he talks about when he says in verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. There's a joy that's waiting for us on the other side of the pruning process. There is a joy that's waiting for us on the other side of the refiner's fire. But far too often, we're holding on to the things that God is trying to burn off of us. We're holding on to the things that God is trying to chisel off of us as he's sculpting us into the image of his son from one degree of glory to the next. There's so much that God is trying to cut off of us so that we can bear more fruit of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We got two rose bushes outside in our in our um, in our front yard, and we have not pruned those rose bushes. Like plants are not our thing, and I'm I probably should go out there and do some stuff just to remind me of the gospel of Jesus Christ while I'm sitting here thinking about it out loud. But we won't because we won't prune the rose bush. The rose bushes they won't grow more like they're supposed to. Because we won't do the, we won't go take them through the pruning process, and that is what Christ is saying to us. Like we have an opportunity to allow Christ to burn some things off of us to make us more like Him. That instead of reacting because somebody hurts us, or because the temptation is is standing right in front of us, we just fall right in. God says that if there is a there's no temptation that's too hard for any man to overcome, and even if there is, He provides a way of escape. That's the pruning process. That God will sometimes take us through seasons of hurt, seasons of embarrassment, seasons of frustration, not because He doesn't love us, but because whom God loves, He chastises. He puts up the guardrails. He prunes. He prods he cuts he he's the two-edged sword that goes to bone and marrow and sees what's deep within us he says in the word every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear 
more fruit. Are you being fruity? And I don't mean that to be funny. But are you being fruity? Where is your fruit? Are you bearing more fruit of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you bearing more fruit of your salvation? Bearing more fruit of your sanctification? Bearing more fruit of the, of, of the God that we worship? The Christ that we serve? Or is the bearing of fruit simply a matter of convenience? God's word will not go out and return to him void. It's going to produce everything that it's meant to produce. It's going to prosper where it's going to prosper. No doubt about that. But there are some things that God wants to prosper in us that we could be doing so much more. We could be so much further ahead. We could be doing, you know, and becoming so much more than what we are in this life. If we would be willing to go through the process. And allow God to do his work in us. So that we can say, it ain't me. It's not me that's doing this. It's God that's doing this. Because if it were up to me, my mind was going all left field and wanting to do everything I want to do. But God put the patience in me. Put the forgiveness in me. I'm reminded of the words by the word by the power of the Holy Spirit. Reminded of the words of Christ when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they know not what they do. When it says that had they known about the, the secrets of the wisdom of the knowledge of, of knowledge of Christ, they never would have crucified our Lord and Savior. That, that it had to happen. And that sometimes we got to go through things like Joseph went through things in order to get to where God wants us to get so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can be shared to whoever it needs to be shared to. Sometimes we got to go through some things. Sometimes we got to endure some things. Sometimes we have to be the ones who suffer for righteousness sake. And yes, it's, it hurts. Yes, it, it hurts our feelings. And yes, we need to process that stuff. Let's, 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 not keep, let's call a spade a spade. These things, are, these things hurt. And feelings get hurt. And we need to talk about those things. We need to process those things with people that we feel safe enough to process those things with. But at the end of the day, our, our heart's posture should always be, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. It hurt like a mug. But God, not my will. Your will be done. Help me. To deal with the idols that are warring in my soul that are keeping me from being more like you through this situation. Show me what I need to see. Show me what I need to bring before you. Remember how I told y'all last week about, you know, about going to therapy. Therapy is a tool that we can leverage to figure out what to bring to the altar, to burn at the altar so that we can be more like Jesus. Jesus, now that I know what idols I'm wrestling with, what struggles I'm wrestling with, help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to deal with these things. I can't do this on my own. I can't deal with people pleasing on my own. I can't deal with wanting to be, you know, front and center of everybody's attention on my own. I can't deal with, you know, craving, you know, um, you know, being seen and being known on my own. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I can't deal with the addiction to um, 
the drugs on my own. I can't deal with wanting to numb my pain away. I can't, you know, deal with wanting to, you know, have have such a good time at the expense of my soul on my own. I need your help. Lord, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, deal with sex addiction on my own. I can't deal with the fact that I love the, the, my body being gratified at the expense of my soul on my own. I can't deal with the fact that, you know, I'm using my body in order to, you know, be comforted or to have somebody to love me or to have somebody to cuddle up with me one night to feel like I'm loved or to feel like I matter or to feel like somebody cares about me. Even when I know in my heart of hearts they don't care about me, but I just want to be cared about because I'm lonely and I'm desperate in this moment. I can't deal with that on my own. I can't deal I can't deal with the fact that you know I was you know hurt as a child. I was hurt, you know, as an as an as a as a teenager, you know, in the one some of the worst ways possible. I can't deal with the fact that I had crappy parents. I can't deal with the fact that, you know, my uncle did this and my aunt did this. And I can't, you know, deal with the fact that my you know that someone's supposed to be my best friend in school betrayed me in some of the worst ways possible. I can't deal with that on my own. I need your help. But many of us, we don't want to bring these things to God because we are afraid of what it will expose. But God is saying, I got to get in there. I got to do my work so that I can show you that through me, all things are possible. That being a Christian isn't just about getting on somebody's platform and preaching and teaching. No, it's about the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit getting inside of our hearts and getting inside of our souls and undoing the damage. Mike, Mike Todd's wrote a book called Damaged But Not Destroyed. It, it, it can't be any simpler than that. We're damaged, but we're not destroyed. Because the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us wants to prune us. Wants to refine us, wants to chisel us, wants to mold us and shape us like the potter at the wheel, molding and shaping us into image into the image of Him, as the image bearers of God, from one degree of glory to the next. God wants to do that work, but are we willing to sit under the feet of Jesus? Are we willing to sit at the altar and God? Whatever you got to do to make me more like you, get in here, get in this heart, get in this space, purge me, whatever you got to do to make me more like you. I believe it's in Psalm 51. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalm 51. Verse number seven, purge me with hyssop and I shall be made clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your, haste, your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with the willing spirit. Our heart, our, our heart's posture should be, God, whatever you got to do to make me more like you. I might gripe and complain along the way, but whatever you got to do to make me more like you. 
I may write psalms like Brother David and Asaph and you know and, and, and Malek and all them, but make me more like you. There may be days where Psalm 88 is my anthem. There is no happiness going on with me right now. Death is my closest friend. And yet, God, make me more like you. Because at the end of the day, heaven and earth is going to pass away. We want to relegate being Christ-like to going to church and the things we do in the church. No, church is meant to help equip us for the life that we are to live in the, glo in the glory and majesty of God from one day to the next. What we do as Christians is not relegated to what we do from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock on Sundays before we go get some fried chicken. That is not what our faith walk is about. It's a part of it, but it is such a tiny piece compared to the daily walk that we have with God from one day to the next. And for a lot of us, we have yet to experience the depths of of our relationship with God because we won't let go of the things that God is saying, I need to burn that. I need to get in there. I need to help you deal with that. I need to help you to deal. I got to help you to deal with your gambling addictions. I got to help you to deal with your, 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 the, the depression and the anxiety and the origins thereof. I got to help you deal with, you know, the gossiping that you do as a means of trying to, you know, mask your own insecurities and your own your own vulnerabilities. I got to help you deal with the fact that, you know, you you want so badly for everybody to see you that you're trying to do all this extra stuff just to be seen by folk. You're burning yourself up at both ends of the candle in an attempt to get, you know, note to get notary for somebody to know your name. For you to become famous. Like you're willing to do whatever it takes. You're, 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 you're so desperate for money that you're going on OnlyFans. And you're going on, you know, all these different, you know, sites. And you're revealing and, and, and being and enticing, you know, the masses in an attempt to gain dollars quickly. We're forgetting what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul. You're forgetting what matters the most. No amount of money in the world can 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 be enough in exchange for your soul. Talk about your soul. Your soul is priceless. Christ's death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and future return is proof of that. Your soul is priceless. And yet so many of us are forfeiting our souls. And forfeiting the work that God wants to do in our souls. By not getting rid of the idols. Let turning down the idols. Remember as I said before. Initial repentance and belief is a denouncing. Of anything that we love more than God. And saying I'm making the declaration today. That God will be the uppermost of my affections and my allegiances. And I'm cashing all of my chips. I'm pushing all of my chips in. 
and saying that if I'm wrong about Jesus, I am through. I am finished. It is over with. So I love everything he loves. I hate everything he hates. I'm down with whatever he's down with. I'm not down with whatever he's not down with. That is a declaration of the heart that only Christ can give us by transferring the heart of stone for a heart of flesh. But in that space, Christ is saying, let's go deep. Let us not settle for a shallow faith. Let us not does let us not let us not um, settle for being a potted plant when God wants to make us a tree planted by the rivers of water. Our, we we want to be we want to be manicured so greatly, and we want to be. Satisfied with being just where we are when God said, I got greater in store for you in my name to bear more fruit in my name to declare to the world, to the masses who I am in the world that I placed you in the place that I placed you in. But in order to get there, I got to do some work in you. I got to push you harder than you've ever been pushed before. I got to nudge you harder than I've ever nudged you before. I got to break your hands. So you'll let go of the idols. Let go of the things that are holding you back from having a deeper, richer, fuller relationship with me. So I say all this. To submit to you all today. What are the things. That you are holding on to. That you've been known. I got God's got to work on that stuff. What are the things that you keep telling people. God's still working on me about. That you are constantly marching around the mountain. When the promised land. Is right here. But you steady marching around the mountain. Because God's still working on me. <clears throat> what are the idols. That are still lurking in your heart. The true things that you are worshiping. What, what are those things. And if you want. The deep. If you're tired of playing at the shallow end of the pool and you're ready to go diving with the master diver, you're ready to go surfing with the master surfer, you're ready to, you ready to go, you know, snorkeling, you're ready to go deep sea diving. What are you still anchored to that is holding you back? What weights do you have on your ankles? What shackles do you have around your waist that is keeping you from running? Running in the freedom that God has given us to be molded and shaped into his image. Christ could not be more clear for a lot of us. Again, I ain't talking to the unbelievers. I'm talking to the believers. Christ could not be further in our faces and in our sights. 
but we can't run toward him with the freedom because we're still being bound by things that he's saying, I got the key. Let me set you free. Trust me. Is it going to hurt? Hell yeah. It's going to hurt. 100%. No doubt about it. It's going to hurt. But I promise you. What light. With the light momentary affliction that you are about to experience. It pales in comparison to the eternal weight of glory. That's waiting for you. That the suffering that we go through in this life, it pales in comparison to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. Again, is it going to be easy? No, it's not going to be easy. Because there's some pain points inside of us that we will that we don't even want to look at. We don't want to admit that we're weak. We don't want to admit that we're frail. We don't want to admit that we've got some stuff that we need to work on. We don't want to admit that we're not pretty underneath the mask. We don't want to admit that we're not strong underneath the muscles. We don't want to admit that stuff. So no, it's not going to be easy. we got a lot of pride. A lot of ego. It's not easy to admit how dumb and how idiotic we've been. You know, giving or giving our whole selves to people who don't love us, don't care about us. You know, it hurts when we realize that someone who was supposed to be our best friend stabbed us in our back and we didn't see it coming. It hurts. And we don't want to go back to that. We don't want to forgive. We don't want to reconcile. We want to stay in our pain. Because it's easier to sit in our pain in isolation than it is to extend the love, extend the grace and extend the forgiveness. It's not easy to admit to people that we love that, yeah, I hurt them. Yeah, I did some crappy things to them. Yeah, I manipulated some folk. It's hard to admit those things to people. It's hard to admit and accept that, yeah, I effed up. It's hard to, you know, to, to, to endure being slandered, being scandalized, being criticized, being ostracized. It hurts. But look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and recognize that the same God that empowered Christ, who is God, to endure is the same God that he's given to us by the Holy Spirit to endure diverse trials, diverse temptations, diverse tribulations. So we're not to be, we're not to be surprised when these things come. Again, it's going to hurt. Yeah, it's going to hurt. But in the grand scheme of things, don't be surprised. When these things come up to you as if something strange is happening to you. These things are supposed to come to pass. So that we can be pruned. So that we can be molded and shaped. So that we can be refined. So I submit to you believers. 
Whatever you got going on in your life right now that is hindering you from having a deeper relationship with the Lord. Pray to him. And ask him for the endurance to go through the valley. Knowing that he is right there by your side the entire time. For the unbeliever, you've tried everything to give you peace in your soul. I'm not talking about your circumstances, I'm talking about your soul. In everything you've tried, failure, 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 failure. Every two or three years, you're reinventing something. You're getting, you're reinventing your whole life. You're trying something new. You're trying this method. You're trying this technique. You're trying this, you know, this this self help book. You're trying this exercise routine to try to give you the key to happiness, the secret to success. You're trying YouTube. You're trying automation you're trying only fans you're trying all these different things to try to bring about the lifestyle that you wish that you could have trying to find a high value man trying to you know find a boss b and in every corner of the world you're realizing it's not just it's still not giving you what you're looking for won't you give jesus the opportunity to show you who he is and watch him transform the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh one that will allow you to love him serve him honor him delight in him enjoy him like I'm not talking about grudgingly I'm here for the Lord but no delight in him to make good on the promise, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. If we love him, he will give us more of him. Asking, you shall receive. Seeking, you shall find. Knocking, the door shall be open. What good father withholds gifts the same way God will not withhold his Holy Spirit from anyone who asks of him. That is the God that we worship. That is the God that we serve. And in order for us to grow... We have to be pruned. So give up your idols. And go through the pruning process. So that God can show you. How to be made and molded and become more like him. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are so grateful that you've given us this opportunity to be able to, you know, give you just a little bit of truth on today. Um, and grateful for every like, every comment, every follow, every share. Um, if you do decide to give to this um, platform, know that any dollar amount that you do give will be given to the True Gospel Ministry. You're not giving it to me. I make my own money, I got my own job, I pay my own bills. So any dime that you decide to give to this um, ministry goes straight toward keeping up our website and our subscriptions. Um, and speaking of subscriptions, if you miss any part of this, um, of this message or miss any of our past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and look up the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and get full unedited episodes of all of our, um, of our show 
from its inception to now. And so go now to Spotify or go now to Apple Podcasts and hit that follow button, hit that bell, hit that subscribe button so that way you can be up to date with any and all episodes of the True Gospel Morning Show. I'm going to go through these comments really quickly right now um, and see what's going on in the comment box below um, and see if there's any questions that you guys have going on. Um, let's see what we got, what we got, what we got. Give me one second. Get this stuff together. Awesome, awesome. So, um, thank you guys again for the 3,800 likes that we've received thus far. Thank you for the comments and thank you for the follows and the shares. Um, again, feel free to, you know, share this content with all of your friends and your enemies um, and everyone else in between. I certainly do appreciate you guys so, so much. <clears throat> so, um, to continue in the conversation of the pruning process... Because um, I see a, see a couple of questions from a um, MRAC 402 that talks about, you know, um, you know, where's the love from God from and seems like wishful thinking that an outside source will fix your problems. Um, and so the question that I'm getting from that is how does the pruning process work? How does the refiner's fire process work? Um, how does, um, you know, being molded and shaped into the image of God, a God of God from one degree of glory to the next, how does that process actually work? Um, and so, so to, I'm just, so this is, so here it is. Um, what we have to remember is that, again, if you are not a believer in God, this is not going to make any sense. So that got he put that disclaimer out there every single time. So that way you know. That's why I tell y'all this show is not for unbelievers. <laughs> this show is for the believers. Okay? So if you are an unbeliever and you are not understanding what we're talking about, it's because in order for you to understand what we're talking about, you have to have a relationship with the Lord. Because again, all that we're saying will not make sense if you don't have a walk with him. As a matter of fact, let me start there. So that way we so that way I can't that can't say that's just me talking. That's that's coming straight from you know our word. It says 
among the mature we imp we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age. This is First Corinthians, starting with verse number six. Among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through who? The Spirit. So in order for us to understand the things of God, we have to have the Spirit of God. And in order to have the Spirit of God, we have to have faith in God. Faith in God is a gift from God. He literally has to transform our hearts, take out the heart of stone, put in the heart of flesh, a heart that wants to love him, a heart that wants to delight in him. And upon becoming a part of the kingdom through repentance and belief, he imparts into us the Holy Spirit. So we have the living God living inside of us. And it's his job to reveal truth to us. So again, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you are not going to understand the things that we're talking about. And that's okay. That's why I tell y'all, buckle up and hold on tight and listen. Maybe God will then do a work in your heart to help you understand and unpack what it is that we're talking about. Now, having said that, for, our, for us believers, we're talking about the pruning process. Every now and then... God will present to us a situation or a circumstance that's going to reveal some things about us. Whether it's while we're in a certain, while we, you know, a sermon's being preached to us, and there's some stuff that the pastor is saying, and it's like, dang, I think that, 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 mm hmm, that sounds like me. Yep, that, that sounds like me. I think that is downtown. He, he's, he's knocking on some stuff right now, and it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, kind of stepped on some toes. You know, we take some notes. Or a situation in our life, whether it be, you know, the, the something that happened along the day, somebody cut us off while we're in the middle of traffic, or, you know, somebody who was our best friend, you know, ended up lying to us or for us or about us in some type of way, or, you know, a job, you know, fails in some type of way, either we get a demotion or we didn't get the promotion or, you know, our money starts looking funny. Something happens in our lives. That shows us, reveals to us, an idol. And so, I'll use myself as an example. You know, we in the nest, we family. I don't mind sharing because I feel like it's going to help somebody along the way. So, you know, since I was four years old, I've been put on a stage. All throughout my, you know, church going, I was always put on stage. I was in the choir. I was, you know, put in every play that they had for Easter. You know, anytime they had a Christmas play, I was front and center. I'm a junior deacon, so I'm having to do devotional service back when we had devotional services back in our in the churches um, of yesteryear. Um, you know, anytime, you know, there was something going on, I was always front and center. I was always put in the front. I was always made to do something, and I loved it. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna front. I loved it. Love that crap. And so naturally becoming a minister, becoming a pastor, becoming a preacher became something that I idolized. I worshiped the, the platform. And so even though I was doing things for the glory of God, I was also doing things for the glory of self. I can admit that. 
I couldn't admit it back then because I didn't think that's what I was doing back then. I thought it was just naturally progressing into where I was supposed to go. So fast forward to two, uh, two or three years ago, 2021, 20, two years ago, uh, fast forward to there, you know, I'm three years into a, um, into a pastorate and they send me a letter in the mail. They don't call, they don't text, none of that stuff. And after a good year and some change of headbutting between me and the leadership there, they gave me a letter and said, you know what? We don't want you to be the pastor no more. You know, we feel like you're not teaching according to the scriptures. You're not teaching according to the things of God. And we just want you gone. You know, and I won't get into the details of what was really going on there because I'm not here to slander them. I'm here to tell y'all a story. But, need but needless to say, even though I was grateful to be gone because, again, we just kept butting heads and we just never see eye to eye on what God wanted for his people. You know, deep inside, I didn't realize at the time, I was hurt deeply because, one, they took a platform from me. Two, or at least I thought they took a platform from me. And two, they continuously did the thing that I hated the most about about people in that they didn't talk to me when the problem began. They waited until the problem festered and then conspired to get rid of me. Both those things hurt. Both those things are idols that I didn't know were idols in my heart. So go through two years I ain't, I'm, I ain't, you know, I ain't worried about going to body church no more. You know, I'm over here thinking, you know, you know what's gonna be, what it's gonna be, da, da 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 da. And God is working on me, and He's helping me to want to, you know, be back in relationship with Him and in 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 line with Him and in step with Him and lockstep and all that. Because I was tired of God at some point. And so, fast forward now to last week. No, well, not last week. Well, about two months ago. Two months ago. Get a phone call from um from um from lady at a church, and she says, you know, there's some people that y'all used to sing with who said the other day they would love if they if y'all could come back and sing with them. And we were like, oh okay, that's what's up. All right, so get on the phone with that person. That person's like, yeah man, you know, we were just thinking about we're trying to get things back together. And my thought process was if we could just have y'all to come back, my goodness, it'd be so jam up. I'm like, cool, you know, that's what's up. Let's go sing for the glory of God, you know. Ain't sung, ain't sung on a platform in so long, you know. Let's go and let's do it. Now, again, I don't know this idol sitting up in my heart like that. So, go to the choir rehearsal um, last Tuesday. Best choir rehearsal I've been to in ages. I'm like, oh my God, this is all amazing. Oh my God, this is so awesome. Oh, this feels like I'm right back at home on the platform. Don't not realizing what's going on. Oh, get going on the platform. This is so amazing. Oh my god. So, the following morning, the pastor of that church calls me and says, Listen, um, so we kind of jumped the gun, and it's on me, and we need to hold off on y'all joining the um, the uh, the, 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 the choir and the praise team at, at the church. You know, they feel like, you know, because y'all are outsiders and not members, that it would be a bad look if we just, you know, let people from the outside come in and do things. Now, I think they're dumb, is what he was saying to me. I think they're dumb, but, you know, we gonna, we got sometimes we got to let them see 
that they're stupid. And so we gotta, so we're gonna let it happen, let, 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 let what happened happen. Um, and so, and he said that this person saw y'all last night and they, that's why they came over and said what they said. And I'm not gonna lie, it hurt. It hurt. And in the pain, those two idols that were birthed back when I was four showed up. The desire for the platform and the frustration of a person not coming to me one-on-one and talking to me about the issue that they have with me. Both those idols showed up at the same time. Here I am, stewing on feelings. That's why I don't want to go to nobody's church now. Because every time I go to somebody's church, it always happens. Blah, 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 blah. Yada, yada, yada. And so when I took the step back for a moment, God started speaking to me and saying to me, unless you let me work on those things in your heart, you are never going to grow in my grace. Because these things are hindering you from having a deeper relationship with me. So the first point, when the idols show up, God is showing us what is hindering us from having a deeper relationship with him. That's the, that's the biggest piece that we as Christians miss. When the idol shows up, and God starts speaking to us about the idol. He's saying, I need you to take a step back for a minute. I understand you're hurt. I understand you're in pain. I understand it's frustrating. But you need to see that this issue, this problem, this ordeal is what's hindering you from having a deeper relationship with me. See, what we want to do some of us, is we want to find the hindrances to having fruitful ministries. We want to find the hindrances that are keeping us from being successful financially. We want to find the hindrances that are keeping us from being able to lock, lock in with the who's who in the crowd. You know, we, 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 we want to figure out, you know, um, you know, how this is going to help me to be successful. What are the roadblocks to my success? But God is saying, if you seek first the kingdom, if seeking the kingdom first is what you're truly seeking after, then the idols are here to be a roadblock of you growing deeper with me. God has to become, he is and is becoming the uppermost of our affections, the uppermost of our attention, and the uppermost of our allegiances. And as a result, when the idols show up, we have to take a step back and say, God, these are the roadblocks that are hindering me from having a deeper relationship with you. So, the stage, upset with people not talking to me about the issues. What is it about the stage that I, that I crave to be on it. God reveals. The stage is about you getting praise. The stage is about you getting, you know, notoriety. People lifting you up. You better sing. You better preach. Yeah. That's what it's about. 
And since you were four years old, you've been performing for people. You've been a performer your whole life. Doing whatever you needed to do to get a reaction from people. To get, to get a rise out of people. To hear them scream your name. To hear people love and adore you. That's the stage. That's the platform. That's the performance. So then when someone is critical of you, whether they say it to your face or not, when they're critical of you, it hurts you so much that you push yourself away from the place you're meant to be so that you can find another place that'll praise you, another place that'll worship you. So you say to God be the glory, but what you're really feeling in your heart is to me be the glory. So in that space, God reveals how are these areas hindering you from having a deeper relationship with the Lord? They show us what we're truly worshiping. What's What are we really seeking after? What is it that we really want? What is it that we really crave? What is it that we're really running away from? What is it that we're really hiding from? What is it that's, crip what, what is it that's crippled us? What is it that's our kryptonite? What is it that we can't seem to turn away from? What is it that keeps we keep banging our heads up against? And for a lot of us, that's some deep-seated stuff that originated in childhood. Some deep-seated stuff that originated in our, um, in our adolescence. Some stuff that originated when we went off to college. The stuff that happened after we were in this abusive relationship and now we can't seem to stop the abuse from happening because we keep perpetuating it. Or because we've been through so much trauma, we can't trust anybody ever again. Not even, not including our own selves. We don't even trust our own selves. I had somebody that was doing therapy with um, this weekend and she was saying to me, you know, I got, bo I got, I, I got borderline. I I'm borderline. I've been borderline for years now. And it just seems like I've just been trying to manage it, been trying to manage it, been trying to manage it. But it just seems like I can never get rid of it. I can never deal with it. I said, it's because you've been trying to manage it. You've been trying to manage it. You haven't gotten underneath it. To figure out what are the roots that are keeping the symptoms and the diagnosis thereof alive. I told her, I believe... If you do enough work in the therapeutic process and get to the roots, you can eliminate borderline. Because all borderline is, is you seeking attention and affection from people in a desperate way. And it keeps you attached to people that you don't need to be attached to. Also that you can say that you're loved. If you can deal with that, you can deal with the with the borderline. You can probably eliminate the borderline. Because it's in that space that you can realize, oh my God, I've been attached since I was five. I've had anxious attachments since I was five. I've been desperately seeking people in my life since that dude hurt me. Since that girl broke my heart. I've been trying to make other people happy at the expense of myself. And if I can learn to deal with that, if I can learn to, to, to deal with that, I can eliminate the symptoms that come with it.
what we the believers are saying is that now that I know what the issue is, now the Holy Spirit can come in and do his work. Holy Spirit tells me you are loved. You are validated. You are valued. You are adored. You are accepted by the creator of the universe. There is no stage big enough. There's no crowd big enough. There's no TikTok, you know, uh, platform big enough to satisfy the longings of the soul to be validated. To, to satisfy the longings of the soul to be appreciated and adored. There's no platform big enough for you to feel like you matter. But there's a creator God, the creator of the entire universe, and you, who loves you, validates you, accepts you, created you, and is giving you the, the, the designation of image bearer, disciple, child, son, daughter, friend, servant, heir, joint heir, chosen, part of a royal priesthood. Those are the things that God, the creator of the universe, has given to you. And if you can believe that, believer, you no longer need, you don't need the platform. You don't need people's praise. You don't need people's honor. You don't need to be on stage. You want to sing on a platform, I'm talking to myself. You want to sing on a platform. Is not singing in your living room enough? Because who are you singing to? Are you singing to them or are you singing to me? And you singing to me, it's, I don't need your worship. Your worship should be an outpouring of the love that you have for me. But I don't need it. So you singing to me is not going to un unlock and open the windows of heaven so I can pour out blessings you won't have room enough to receive. Your worship to me is an outpour of a love that, spurt, that springs from inside. I don't need you to scream and holler. For blessings, I bless who I choose to bless, and I curse who I choose to who I choose to curse. You can't holler for a blessing. You what you want to be like the prophets of Baal, and holler and scream and gyrate and all that trying to get a blessing. You see what happened with them, right? All Elijah did was just say, "God, bring the bring the fire." And what did I do? Brought the fire. I'm not, you, so any singing or worship that you're doing, you're not doing it for me. You're not doing it to appease me. I don't need appeasing. Christ did, Christ did all that. So anything that you're doing, if you're doing it for me, it shouldn't matter where you do it at. You could be singing in your car. By yourself. Audience of one. Or you can be singing to the masses. Audience of one. You're singing, to, you're singing for the Lord. You're singing to the Lord. 
So the platform, you don't need a platform, not for validation. I already validated you when I created you. I already validated you when I died for you. I already validated you when I rose again. I already validated you when I credited my righteousness to you. I already validated you when I put my spirit in you. That is all the validation you need. You worried about somebody talking about you? Look at what they did to Jesus. How many times they talked behind this man back? How many times they betrayed him? Denied him? Put him on a cross? Come on, man. You, you think they ain't going to do this to you? What makes you so special that you feel like you deserve for people when they have a problem with you to come to you face to face? You don't deserve that. You deserve hell. Now, they ought to come to you, especially if they're Christians. They should come to you and talk to you about you, about the issue that they have with you. But you think people are going to get this right every single time? No, there are going to be people who are always going to talk about you behind your back. There's always going to be somebody who has something to say because they are not there. They haven't arrived. None of us will arrive till Jesus comes back. So why are you allowing that to bother you? You want everybody to be happy with you? You're fooling yourself. The only person whose opinion matters is God's. And if you know that what you did is, is doing is right and you know what you're doing is coming from a good place, let them do what they do. Don't worry about them. If it means that they, if it costs you something, okay. What is it profit a man to gain the whole world? Okay, they, they said you can't sing on their stage. Ooh. You think that's going to stop the hand of God? You think that's going to stop him, stop God from doing what he wants to do in you? Because you ain't got a stage to sing on? Bump that stage. I am the stage, says God. I am the platform, says God. I'll put you in places that that, that little bitty platform can't reach. That that platform is as, as wide and as big as it is can't reach. I'll put you in the face of people whose names that platform can never get to. But I'm doing it for my sake, not yours. The few people that you get to talk to from one day to the next, if those are the only people I want you to talk to from now till kingdom come, to God be the glory. So what if this person said this stuff about you? So what if that person hurt your feelings? Yeah, it hurt, but at the end of the day, they don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. So they don't want you to sing on their stage? Don't worry about that. If I'm if I want you to be on that stage, guess what? They can't stop it. If I don't want you on that stage, it's because I don't want you on that stage. And you can't put yourself on it unless you want to feel my wrath to get you back off of it. At the end of the day, it's God's will, not mine. And in that space, I now know what to take to the cross. Oh, y'all thought I stopped talking about it, right? Now I know what to take to the cross. I now know what to take to the altar. 
I now know what to ask the Holy Spirit to imbue me with more of. Lord, Jesus, help me to not get caught up in myself and think that I need validation from people. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, I've I realized that is an idol that I've been dealing with, been warring with, been wrestling with. And, you know, God, I realize now that you are all the validation that I need. Now, I realize now that you are all the support that I need. You're all the love that I need. You're all the grace that I need. You're all the attention that I need. At the end of the day, I want the attention from other people, absolutely. But your attention is much greater than any any person's attention that I could ever have. And I don't want to compromise myself for the sake of attention. I don't want to compromise the gospel for the sake of attention. I don't want to compromise you for the sake of attention. And so, God, help me to stay humble. Help me to be grateful. Help me to revel in your love and revel in your grace revel in your forgiveness revel in your attention gravel um um revel in the fact that you see me revel in the fact that you know me before i was formed in my mother's womb you knew me you know everything about me you know so much about me you know what i'm gonna do before i even do it you know what i'm gonna think before i think it that's how well you know me so God, help me to remind, to be reminded by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, remind me that God's validation is the only validation that I need to, for the, to, to feel the longings of the soul. It's the only validation that I need. I don't need validation from TikTok. I don't need validation from my job. I don't need validation from my parents. I don't need validation from my wife. I don't need validation from my kids. I don't need validation from my dog more than I need yours. I want it 100%, but I don't need it compared to having secured the validation that comes from the Lord. So help me to remember that even if no one else validates me from now till kingdom come, I got all the validation that I need through Jesus Christ who died and rose again for me. Lord God, help me to remember, remind me that they scandalized your name. They they kept you from places. They said things about you that weren't true. They they said things that hurt, wounded. They they outright they they tried to kill you multiple times and then they did it. <laughs> they put they put you on the cross, man. And you went through that for me to help me to remember that I'm gonna go through trials, gonna go through tribulations. And there are going to be some people who are going to hurt my feelings. But I don't, need, I don't need them to like me to prove that I'm a good person. I'm a good person because you made me good. When you credited your righteousness to me. My, my righteousness is but a filthy rag before the righteousness of God. But you made me righteous. You made me good. When you credited your righteousness to me. He who knew no sin became sin for me, for us, but for me. Make this person. He did it for me. That I might be called the righteousness of God. Him who, be, who, me, who knew no sin became sin for me. And so he did that so that I don't have to worry. If someone won't let me on their platform, or somebody won't let me do this, if somebody, you know, feels like I can't do that, or want to call me an outsider, or want to call me, let them have it. Why? Because I was an outsider. Oh, God. Jesus on high. I was an outsider. 
Help me, help me, Holy Ghost. Okay, I see what you did there. Oh my gosh, Romans chapter five. I see what you did, God. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I ain't know that's gonna bless me all over again. Whoo! Mm, mm, mm. My goodness. Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 6. For while we were still weak, outsider, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, the outsiders. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, outsiders, Christ died for us outsiders. Since therefore now we have we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, outsiders, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. So if I was an outsider and then God brought me in, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see hashtag amazing grace saving a wretch like me, an outsider like me. An enemy like me. A rebeller like me. God did that for me. So now. I don't have to carry. These idols in my heart anymore. I can leave them on the altar. And let God burn them up. Will they try to come back? Sure. But I can look to this day and say, God, I thank you. I thank you that you brought this trial my way. I'm grateful that you thought it not robbery to make me more like you. See, oh my gosh. See, again, what's the bigger picture? Happiness on earth or to be one with the Lord? So I thank you, God, that you brought the trial my way because it's making me more like you. The surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, my Lord, I count all everything else as loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, my Lord. And by the love that Christ has given to us and demonstrated for us that while we were yet sinners, he died. That he calls us friends and who wouldn't who wouldn't give his life for his friends? That's the kind of love that he puts inside of us, that he gave his life for his friends. That's the love that empowers this whole thing. God is saying to us today that is what gives us the ability to put these, to put these idols before him and say, God, take them. Take them. Take them. 
by the power that you've given us through your word, by the power of the Holy Spirit that reminds us of who we are, convicts us of our sin, comforts us by reminding us of what Christ accomplished when he paid the penalty of death for the penalty of sin and death for us, and then empowers us by getting us up, strengthening our weak knees, strengthening our weak ankles, and standing us back up, and then encourages us to go and do this thing. I no longer have I no longer have a need to be validated. Not by man. Whether this show, you know, has an audience of a thousand or has an audience of one, I don't I don't need the validation from you. I don't need the validation from you guys in order to do this show. Whether our show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts get a million hits or only gets one from me <laughs> as I'm listening to the replay. I don't need the validation from anybody. If someone has something bad to say to me here on the show, somewhere down the line, whatever, doesn't bother me. For I've put that idol before the Lord. And in doing so, God has empowered me to be encouraged in him. That is the process that we as the believers go through. So again, to answer the question, y'all forgot, I forgot. Seems like wishful thinking that an outside source will fix your own problems. Heck yeah. An outside source will absolutely do that. Because I can't do anything to fix the soul like Jesus can. I can use all this head knowledge and heart knowledge to try to fix my circumstances. But when it comes to the soul, that's something eternal. And only something eternal can fix what's broken about something eternal. I say this all the time. Because we are created in the image of God, according to Genesis chapter 1. The only way to be fully human is to abide in Christ and for Christ to abide in us. It is the only way to be fully human. It's a strange foreign concept, I'm sure. But because God has placed eternity inside of our hearts, according to Ecclesiastes 3.11, the only thing that can fill that is something eternal. And Christ has paved the way for that thing to be filled in us by the virtue of the Holy Spirit being gifted to us on upon repentance and belief. So you're not even fully human. Head knowledge, heart knowledge, all that. You're not fully human without the Lord. You're not fully human without, without Jesus. You're not fully human without the Holy Spirit. Living, ruling, resting, and abiding in you. And so I say, I, I, I submit that to you guys this morning. Once again, that if you're finding yourself trying to figure out how do I go through the process of sanctification? How do I go through the pruning process? How do I go through the things that are going on with me? This is the formula. Life is going life. 
And when it does, it's going to show you the idols that are hindering you from having a deeper relationship with the Lord. Again, it's all about Jesus. If it ain't about Jesus, you need to check it. It's how are you developing a deeper relationship with the Lord? Why are these idols hindering that? Figure out what the idols are and what what they are what they are trying to give you. What what is it that the what what purpose is the idol serving in your life? What is it trying to give you? Is it love? Is it validation? Is it gratification? Is it you know pride? Is it um, wisdom? Is it security? You know? Is it autonomy? Is it feeling like you're right all the time? Is it, you know, adoration? Is it uniqueness? Like, what are you looking for? Control? Like, what is it that these idols are giving you? The roots of the symptoms, the roots of the problems. And once you're able to figure out what those roots are, you can now look to Jesus to figure out how he solved those roots. How did he solve the issue of pride? How did he solve the issue through his finish, through his life, death, resurrection, ascension, and future return? How did Christ solve those roots? And in that, you then now know what to pray for. If it's validation, God, you are my validator. If it's being unique, God, you you made me fearfully and wonderfully made. You knew me before I was put in my mother's womb. I am unique because I'm made in your image. This wisdom, God, give me the secrets of the kingdom by the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me. Not so that I can be heady or that I can know everything, but because you imparted a secret and hidden wisdom to those who love you. So impart that secret and hidden wisdom to me. If it's fun, God, show me a way to have a good time in this life and enjoy life in a way that glorifies and honors your name. I'm not missing out on anything just because I can't do this thing. Because if I do this thing and it's not of you, it, it's not um, it is not glorifying you. I don't want it. If it's control, God help me to to take my hands off the wheel. You are in control. I'm trusting in you. If it's autonomy, Lord God help me to own my voice, to say to speak when I need to speak and to be quiet when I need to be quiet, to say that this is right and that this is wrong. If it's feeling prideful, God, humble me. Help me to see that there's a shade, the shades of gray everywhere. That, you know, that, you know, help me to realize that, you know, I'm going to be all right. You know, and that I don't have to live in such a black and white world because the world ain't black and white. You know, help me, God, if, if it's if it's pride, if it's people pleasing. God, help me to stop being so people pleasing that I don't tell people how I really feel about stuff. Or, you know, I'm so people-pleasing that I can't, you know, do, you know, half the stuff that I need to do with my own life. I'm not taking care of myself because I'm taking care of everybody else, burning the candle at both ends, and wanting people to take care of me. Help me, God, to, to, not, to not do that no more. If it's performing, Lord God, help me to realize that you that the performance that you're looking for is already secured on the cross. I ain't got to perform for nobody. I ain't got to perform for a person, for a soul. I ain't got to do none of that no more. If it's, if it's security, Lord, help me to realize that you are my security. You are the rock. You are the anchor. 
when the storms of life are raging, if I'm anchored in you, everything going to be all right. If the storms of life are raging, are raging, Lord, you know, your I am secure because my house is built on a sure foundation. It's built on the rock, not on the sand. And in doing so, we then are encouraged by the Holy Spirit that all these things are eternally secure through the one who eternally secured them. That is how we do this. This is how we do it. Please don't ban me. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for the 5,000 likes that we've received today. So grateful to you guys for um for your continued viewership and for your continued support of this show. Um, we're certainly grateful for all that you have done um, and grateful that you've given us this opportunity to be able to... Um, you know, watch to, to um, um, that you're watching and that you're giving us this opportunity to be able to um, see what's going on and see how you guys have been living and doing and feeling and breathing. Um, so, going to go through these comments really quickly. Um, Ashe, I, I, um, I'm, I, I'm grateful. Listen, we here, we here, man. Iron sharpens iron. Iron, I'm telling you, iron sharpens iron. Like this is what we, what you've been going through this all week long, and I'm just grateful to God that He gives us this opportunity to be able to um. <sighs> to um to to worship together in spirit and truth on today um let's see what we got going on um 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 slow vet said off top but iron man or spider-man up uh, man listen um that's a tough one for me um because spider-man like that's my boy, you know, that's my boy, um, I really, it's, 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 you know, that's a tough one, that's a tough one, I like Iron Man because of all the suits, you know, the suits is what do it for me, like, I love the variety of the suits and things, and the powers, and being able to all that stuff, but the Spider-Man, like, it's, it's, it's something about being able to, um, climb walls, and web sling, and all that type of stuff, and, you know, MJ, and all that, like, I, I'm torn. I'm torn. I, I honestly don't know. I, I honestly have no idea. I appreciate the question for real, though, man. Um, Let's see. What else we got going on up in here today? All right. So we're going to do this today. So, Edmo, I love you, brother, but this be the last time you're going to see this show. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. When we're going to see you again on another day and time in life. Um, I'm so grateful to that. Um, <laughs> Nicole, you said, <laughs> you know, it's Iron Man. You stupid. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> oh, man. And so I do appreciate y'all so, so much giving, giving this opportunity to be able to, um, to worship with y'all today. Um, let's see. Um, um, let's see. Why I get attacked? You probably said something crazy. That's probably, that's probably what happened. Um, Gotcha girl asked the question, how do you deal with feeling worn out by the world? Wee! Girl. Alright. Um so um Topic sentence. Um look to the Psalms. Look to the Psalms. Um Psalms are riddled with people who got tired. <laughs> fed up. Fed the F up with the world. 
Um, and so, um, you know, so that, so that, that's a great place to start, um, in terms of looking out in, 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 in how to deal with the wounds of dealing with the world. Um, cause again, there's a lot of us, we, we deal with problems and we live in a broken world where broken people do broken things and where broken things happen to broken people all the time. Um, but first off, you gotta be honest with yourself. You gotta be honest with yourself. Um, what is this world wearing you out with how for like what, what's going on in that space? Um, it's easy just to put a blanket statement on something and say, I'm just tired of people. Why are you tired of them? What have these people done? Usually there's a good about five, six people that we can point out that have been doing some things. So it ain't people, it's specific folk, but it just makes us tired of people altogether. And it, it, or it may be something that's going on in the world because, you know, the world is crazy. The world is weird and the world is dumb. Um, and so that may be something going on in there, too. Um, but more than likely, there's about a good five or six folk that we can point our finger at that are like the source of our frustration and being worn out with people. Second thing you got to ask yourself is what 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 is it that's happening in that space that making me that's making me so worn out with them, you know? Is it that I'm trying too hard to make them happy and the math ain't mathing? Or is it that, you know, um, you know, I've tried so hard to trust people and they keep betraying me? You know, is it that, you know, I, um, you know, am just so sick of people being mean to this person, that person or whatever, and I want to do something about it? What's going on in that space? And then you got to submit that to Jesus. You got to submit it to Jesus. Because unless and until we submit it to the feet of Jesus, then we are only chaining ourselves to being worn out. And there may be something or some place or some person that God is using you to get to. But if you're so tired of people, you may never reach that person because you're tired of people. Having said that, though, take your time. If you need space and distance from people for a while, take it from me. Two years. I haven't I haven't I haven't attended a church regularly for two years. I've been doing home church. Here in the house with my wife and kind of my kids, because my kids come in sometimes, and most times they don't. But I haven't attended a church in two years. I, I've been, I've done ministry through this show. I've done ministry through the the website, the True Gospel Ministry. Been doing, you know, been doing, you know, still doing preaching the word and stuff. But I haven't dealt with people for two years. And it's only until I worked on the issues of my heart that God then allowed me or God didn't woke me up to be like, you got to get back out there with your people, with the people somewhere, someplace, somehow like online, you know, is great. And I love y'all. Keep it real. 
Y'all been supporting the show. I love y'all so, so much. But this limited interaction, you know, God has more in store for all of us. And we have to get outside of ourselves and outside of the pain points and outside of the issues and outside of the problems that we have and it will allow God to work in those spaces so that we can then be the hands and feet of Jesus. Because God, God has decided, he doesn't have to do it this way, but he's decided that he's going to spread his gospel message through us by our words and our deeds. We can't preach to ourselves. I mean, we can, but that's not producing fruit. We're just preaching to, if I'm only preaching to myself, if I'm only reading to myself, if I'm only spreading the gospel to myself, it's not producing fruit. We're like the, 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 the servant who hid the master's money in the ground and said, I know you're a hard man. And so I just hid your money in the ground. Like you could at least put it in the bank. Let it gain some interest or something. We can't stay buried. We can't stay hidden. We're like the light that's sitting on a hill, the city that's sitting on a hill, the light that's standing on a lampstand. You don't put, you don't cover it with a cup. You put it on the lampstand so it gives light to the whole house. The city that sits on the hill, that's us. That's, a, that's what he calls, that's another thing he calls us. He calls us a city on the hill. He meant to let that light shine so people can see us and see him when they see us. So, yes, we, we grow tired of people every now and then. Take a Sabbath. Take a break. Even Jesus went off to the mountain and prayed. Him and God by himself. But powered by the Holy Spirit. He, again, this ain't on our own. And he himself says it's powered by the Spirit. Came off that mountain and re-engaged. When he re-engaged enough, went back to the mountain and prayed. You know, He was always doing this back and forth of, I'm engaged to people, I'm going to go off. I'm engaged to people, I'm going to go off. He always he, he always did this kind of dance to show us that you do not have to burn the candle at both ends. You are you, oh my gosh. You are nobody's savior. You are nobody's savior. So stop trying to be everybody's savior. You are not the hero of the story. God is. And if you think that heaven or hell is contingent upon what you do, then Christ died for nothing. Is what you're saying. You got to do what you can and get out of God's way. Don't burn yourself at both ends trying to make a move of God happen. You do what God is giving you to do and then back the frick up. Let God handle that. How many times we want to be there for our family members so badly? Nah, baby. Pray for them. Set your limits. Stick to your limits. And let God do that work. Watching this show called um, The Morning Show. And the girl um was like, I got to let, let you go. 
I got you. I I'm here. You. I gotta send you to rehab, and I gotta let you go. You. You just. You're just abandoning me. I'm not abandoning you. You're abandoning yourself. You gotta take care of yourself. I can't keep taking care of you. You gotta take care of yourself. You tried to guilt trip, and you're leaving me just like everybody else leaves me. No, I'm sending you where you need to go. I can't keep carrying you. I'm enabling you. Sometimes. We want so badly to be somebody's hero in their lives, we are enabling them to keep doing what they're doing. Let it go. Get out of God's way. Let God do his work. Whom God loves, he chastises. Us shielding people from themselves. Sometimes we get in God's business and we got to back all the way up and let God do his work. Does it hurt? Yes. Because we don't want to see our people that we care about hurt. But sometimes we're hurting ourselves by trying to take God's place in people's lives. You got to back all the way up. You are nobody's hero. You are nobody's savior. There is only one savior and that's Jesus Christ. And sometimes you got to get out of God's way so that they can move forward with where God would have them to go and you can be free. So take the time you need to back all the way up, reevaluate where you're at, and then let God work. Because otherwise, you're going to continue to burn yourself out. And then on the flip side of that, as you're, as you're saying, um, gotcha girl, yeah, it, it sucks to see what's happening in the world. That's why God tells us in Matthew chapter 24, don't be surprised when you see this stuff happening. This stuff has to happen. We live in a broken world where broken people do broken things all the time. Your heart's going to grieve, sure. Your heart is going to grieve, but these things must happen. And it's just the beginning. These things are supposed to happen. So don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't let these things that you see happen, that are happening, overwhelm you to the point of being paralyzed and being worn out, worn out of people. These things are supposed to happen. The word says it. These are but the beginning of the labor pains. This is supposed to happen. Light momentary affliction. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I think it's 4. Yes, light momentary affliction. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. These things are supposed to happen. So don't be discouraged by what you see. Don't be, be, be again, you know, gr grieve, sure, grieve. It's supposed to. It grieves the spirit. It's going to grieve us. But don't let it overwhelm you to the point where you feel like, you know, all hope is lost. All hope is not lost. It's just this stuff is supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen at the end of the day. So grieve it. 
and then take it back to the feet of Jesus, being reminded of the whole, by the Holy Spirit what all this means. This is supposed to happen. This is supposed to happen. And so that's why I tell people all the time, you know, um, I'm not afraid of revelation. Because my hope is at the end of the book. There is coming a day where God's going to purge this world of all evil, all sin, all darkness. But in but in order for the good news, whoo, okay, I see you, Matt Chandler. In order for the good news to be good, bad news must precede it. In order for us to get to heaven, we got to go through hell. In order for us to get to heaven, the world's got to pass away. We cannot have the good news of the gospel if bad news doesn't precede it. And what is the bad news? The wages of sin is death. We effed up the world. Even when we knew Adam and Eve did wrong, what we did still did wrong, still did evil. So we can't even blame them because we we knew, we know, we know it started with them. But what did we go out and do? The same thing. Numbers of times. Willingly. And enjoyed it. Come on, y'all, come on now. Call a spade a spade. So this world broken up, busted up and disgusted. And yeah, we had a hand in that. In, in, in our small little ways, we had a hand in that. And God says, we deserve to die for that. But God, through Christ Jesus, paved the way so that if we repent and believe, we can have life eternal. But now, in the cosmic scheme of things, this whole world's broken. And only Christ can redeem it. But in order to redeem it, he's got to purge it. In order to purge it, in order to get to the purging process, everything he said that proceeds, it's got to happen. Everything he said in Matthew 24, everything that he said happened all up in the book of Revelation, all those things have to happen before we get to the end. So take comfort and take heart, Christian. This is what we signed up for. This is what we signed up for. For at the end of the day, all these things have to happen before the end comes. And then when the end comes, it's going to be far worse than what we see happening now. But take heart. Because Christ said, I have overcome the world. And at the end of the day, because we know where we're going... We can rest with all the chaos going on in the world. Jesus said it like this. Jesus said it like this. Woo! Look at that. Okay, see? Use an ambo. See what I'm saying? I'm going to read that first. Since you brought it up.
Romans, uh, Romans, Matthew 24, verse number nine. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, um, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. That's why he tells us in Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 25, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So if we had, if it has been revealed to us, he says to us, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That then gives Paul reason to rejoice. And y'all y'all see I stay and set some, some some Corinthians. I love some doggone Corinthians. Um Second Corinthians chapter four verse sixteen. We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen is eternal. So we don't lose, well, we take heart. We take heart. It says in the word, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. He will make your path straight. And so we thank God today that he reminds us all this stuff is supposed to come to pass all this stuff is supposed to happen but it's happening so that we the believers in God can be sure that one day heaven and earth is going to pass away and all things will be made new and in that day we will revel in a glory beyond all comparison. We think that going to Dubai is what's popping. Wait till you see heaven. You think going to Jamaica is where it's happening at. Wait until you get to heaven. You think Paris is where it's at. Bed bugs aside. 
wait until we get to heaven. My wife said, this didn't catch God by surprise. Nothing we go through catches God by surprise. You better say that. Nothing. Nothing catches him by surprise. All these things have to happen. White, a light momentary affliction. Light momentary affliction. So we thank God that there's, there's something coming for all of us that is infinity percent better than anything that we could ever imagine. Think going to the beach is great? Wait until you get to heaven. Then going to a, a mountain retreat? Can't wait to go on Christmas? It's bomb? Wait till you get to heaven. Think Australia's where it's popping? Wait till you get to heaven. You think visiting Brazil? Wait till you get to heaven. Then going to, you know, Cabo. Going to the Mediterranean. Seeing Japan and China. Going to Malaysia, India, UAE. What up, Big Mike? Appreciate you. You think that's where it's popping at? Wait until you get to heaven. Anything that we have in this world, God says, wait till you get to heaven. Wait till you get to heaven. At the end of the day, nothing in this world can compare to what's coming. And the best part about it all, it ain't even the stuff that's there. It's that we get to be with Jesus face to face. We walk by faith right now. But there is a day coming where we can walk by sight. Oh, what a time that's going to be. Where we get to revel in the glory, in the majesty of Jesus Christ face to face. It don't get no, it ain't going to get no better than that. Listen, I love y'all from the bottom of my heart. Thank y'all so, so much for taking the time to listen to your boy today. I'm grateful for the 5,900 likes that we've received on today. I'm thankful for every <clears throat> person on here who has thought it not robbery to, you know, take the time to listen to, you know, these words that I've had to say today. I'm thankful so much for the um, likes, for the follows, for the comments, and for the shares. Again, I think it not robbery that you guys take the time out of your busy schedule to listen to anything that I have to say. Because you guys can literally be anywhere else listening to anybody else, watching anybody else do anything else. And so the fact that you spend a little bit of time with me today does not go unappreciated, does not go unnoticed. And I, and I love y'all from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for allowing me to share my heart with you guys today. Um, not going to lie, I was a little nervous doing it today. But I hope that it has helped somebody along the way to know what the process of sanctification is and what the process of, um, of, of, of revealing our idols and knowing how to take those idols to the Lord, what that process looks like. Um, and so I really do hope that it's been helpful for you guys to hear my testimony today. Um, so thank y'all so, so much for um, being here at the True Gospel Morning Show. Um, if you got a little extra time, we're going to run into overtime Um as I put the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But as always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys.
Peace out, homies.